0: The frozen tundra, and I do mean frozen—25 below, 50 degree below wind zero chill. wind chill. Undaunted, we have come into work to do the radio show today.
1: Well, uh, not to pat ourselves on the back, Mark, but
0: yeah, we should.
1: Uh, even even the post office yes. is closed today. The, uh, the they announced in advance that there would be no mail service today, and so the U.S. mail and the uh, UPS UPS are not delivering today. And yet here we are, well, trying to deliver another quality quality podcast. show.
0: Well, you know. Um, we don't at least drive around in vehicles with open doors and windows.
1: Right, uh, exactly. So, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not pointing fingers calling them soft. No. I, uh, but, but when your motto for 100 years has been through rain and sleep, sleep snow, and, and snow. and dark
0: of night, yes. but
1: not uh, 50 <laughs> degree below zero temperatures. <laughs> so anyway. They found a new criteria that they need to think about. They there. need to think about that one, yeah. I guess, but yeah. uh, whatever. We're happy to be here at any rate, continuing our series yeah. on the uh, on the 12 steps
0: and those of you listening down in Orlando don't email us. We don't want to hear about how warm it is in Florida.
1: Well, let me <laughs> Let me edit your comment. We we are always happy to have Joe and his great group of guys email us. They are valuable contributors to the show. Well, they are. I'm just saying, don't make any comments I, well, about I how know, beautiful it is. I know, but uh, but I'm trying to I'm trying to retrain you on on saying exactly what you mean. So anyway, uh, we are up to step five today, and what you're we, trying to
0: redirect me?
1: I am trying to redirect you and get you back on (laughs) course it's it's part of my weekly challenge
0: yes i know it is for not only you but many others in my life so yeah you're right about the group in orlando by the way they're a great group of guys don't get me wrong i just uh we live in the we've obviously made a decision to live here and uh, despite in my case many opportunities to move to much warmer climates over the years and you know i think we live longer up here i think research has shown that
1: Well, this particular group of guys that you're referencing are not only good friends to the program and to everything that is faithful and true, but this is the same group. If you have listened to the majority of our earlier podcasts, Joe and his group, uh, when we did the Fight of Your Life event down in Miami, they drove from up in Orlando down to Miami, which is no quick car ride. That's through Uh, the Everglades. Yeah, Yeah. they they came down and participated, and uh, boy, we were so grateful for that and as you'll recall that trip to miami had some weather uh associated with it as well i think it rained all day long torrentially uh rained all day long that day it wasn't fair Uh, i've made trips
0: home from miami we were talking about this today at lunch where it was 80 degrees down here and back in minneapolis it was 20 below so that's a hundred degree temperature variance and uh that's a shock.
1: Yeah, that's a shock. To the <laughs> to anybody, <sister>. Anybody's <laughs> system is going to uh, be yeah. shocked by that. That's for sure. They
0: were showing some pictures last night from the airport of uh, some some group that had just been on a, a cruise, and uh, some idiot. Well, I'm sorry.
1: Came home uh, wearing his shorts. His shorts, flip
0: mm-hmm. flops, and. Uh, Banana Republic shirt, you know. Right. And then, then they actually showed sort a of picture of him stepping outside in that outfit. <laughs> and he came back in and said, I'm flying back to the cruise.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, all was well until he had to get his car out of the, uh, parking, the ramp, parking ramp. The uh, parking ramp. Which has been exposed to the elements for over a week. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure he learned his lesson, that's for Yeah, I'm sure, sure he did. Yeah.
0: Well, anyway, okay, today we are talking about step five. Uh, We are doing a series on the 12 steps, Uh, so this is our fifth week, and we have, uh, you know, talked about being powerless, number one. Number two, realizing only God could restore us to sanity. Number three, surrendering our life to the control of God. And four, uh, which is what five is related to, is to make that fearless and searching moral inventory of our lives. So five basically follows up on that and basically says this, I admitted to God to... Myself and to another human being, the exact nature of my wrongs. Uh, by the way, this is in the plural. According to AA tradition, admitted to a God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. So, basically, those of us listening to that as Christians, uh, we certainly recognize this is a, a challenge to uh, confession. So, James five sixteen is kind of one of the more classic passages about confession. When it says if we're sick, uh, we should gather together the elders of the church and confess our sins one to another uh, so that we might be healed. I want to emphasize today the uh, gathering the elders part uh, because I do think that when we have this list of our moral failures, our moral wrongs, our sins, and so forth, uh, we should in fact confess those. Uh, Yes to ourselves. I mean that's a matter of acceptance that we've made mistakes and done terrible things Uh, That's a matter of humility, and that's a matter of our own health to understand. You know the error of our ways Uh, uh, It says we need to confess those to others. You know around here. I think one of the important uh, people uh, to admit uh, your failures uh, is, is kind of part of your full disclosure To a spouse, you know, if you haven't done that yet. Uh, We certainly need to be honest about all of this to our support groups, our accountability groups, Uh, and the purpose of that is shame reduction, uh, because when they hear this list, uh, as opposed to our core belief that if you knew me, you'd hate me and leave me, uh, we'll find out that no, they will applaud us, embrace us, and give us hugs. So you know, there's a huge shame reduction quality to that in our groups. Um, but now we, we need to get to this, the really deeply spiritual part of this, and that's somehow to get to a place where we recognize that uh, God has, in fact, forgiven us. I mean, that is so totally scriptural. I mean, how many scriptures could we point to that tell us that nothing separates us from the love of God? Uh, and, uh, and, you know, as, as addicts that have historically had shame, uh, I, I think we're going to need to be reminded of that, And then I think we need to be with a person that we consider a spiritual authority so that they can remind us of it. And uh, I'll get into a little bit more about that uh, after the break.
1: Well, isn't it also true, Mark, that by sharing your wrongs with your accountability partners or your recovery group, you're also building uh, their trust? uh, That's right. Because for you to be vulnerable, one of the things that always uh, strikes me as so powerful about our Men of Valor workshop is the men that walk in on a Thursday morning. I know I've said this in a previous show, but you can you can identify the shame and guilt that they're carrying on their shoulders when they walk in the door That's right. in many, many cases. Right. And, and so many of them that I talk to on the phone, when they're in the registration process and you know, mulling over in their mind, are, are they a good candidate for the workshop you know, and should I come, uh, their, their hesitancy is usually based in their shame and guilt. Uh, And when they come in carrying all that, the very first morning when they are welcomed by you and Dr. Greg Miller, you know, you tell your personal story and the moment that they hear you tell your personal story with as transparent as you are Mm -hmm. after 31 years of recovery and telling what your story is, what you've done, Mm -hmm. and the fact that you know that God has forgiven you, Th- their eyes are opened. Yeah. They they, right. they suddenly it's just like letting the air out of an overinflated balloon because it's just like all of a sudden they're not feeling that same uh, balloon of shame right. uh, that they first have. So uh, you and Greg do a marvelous job of building hope and uh, and reducing shame. And uh, uh, so th- that's one of those transitional things that is really uh, rewarding to be able to observe in these men that come for the workshop.
0: Yeah, and I think it's also rewarding to uh, sit in on sessions where husbands are disclosing, uh, confessing all of their history to their spouse. And uh, we don't take this lightly. Uh, We know it's uh, counterintuitive for the addicts because they do think if my wife really knew me, she would hate me and leave me. So for the two of them to come out of a session like that, even though it may be painful for the wife to hear some of the details, uh, you know, we find in 97 98% of the cases that it, uh, it's the cornerstone of building trust back into the relationship. And uh, it, it, it's shame reducing to the addict to know that if the wife decides to stay after hearing all of this, you can be pretty well assured that, uh, no, she's not going to hate me and leave me. And that's a huge, huge deal. And uh, uh, I, I continue, and I want the wives out there listening to hear this. I continue to marvel at the wives who can sit here and listen to a long list of of uh, crazy sexual behaviors and uh, decide to stay in the relationship. Uh, there's a grace to that that. Uh, uh, I'm not sure I could reciprocate.
1: Well, it it strikes me that it's a marriage's D Day. Yeah. Yeah. It it because uh, if you can you if you can come into that full disclosure experience and come out on the other side with your wife now knowing all that you have been struggling to hide all of these years, uh, and then to see them make the decision to stay with you, yeah. uh, that. That has really got to be a, a, a huge moment in, in the life of your marriage.
0: Well, we always look at those sessions as being sacred moments. I yeah. mean, it's a very spiritual time. Uh, the Holy Spirit uh, is in that room. Is in that room. And we pray for that uh, yeah. uh, to be the case. And uh, we, we just experience it all the time. I mean, it, it is so moving at times to see uh, the pain uh, of the shame and guilt that the addict is in kind of almost get lifted a little bit, and then also to see, you know, how the weight of it is descending upon the shoulders of the wife, and yet uh, um, the wives, uh, the vast majority of them say such uh, graceful things. So uh, it's it's one of the hardest things we do and one of the most rewarding things we do. And that's all part, I guess we're saying today, of step five. It's confessing our... Uh, our uh, moral inventory to one
1: another. Well, let's let that sink in with our okay. listeners, Mark, and uh, we'll take our break right now. And when we come back, uh, we'll continue our conversation of step five of the 12 steps. You're listening to Dr. Mark Laser, and this is the Men of Valor program. Nobody loves me like you love at Faithfulandtrue.com to learn more. That's Faithfulandtrue.com. Oh, what a song to see. Oh, what a song to see. Oh, what a song to see. Time now for the Trigger of the Week.
0: Trigger of the Week, uh, Randy, was uh, motivated a couple days ago uh, when just uh, out of the blue, uh, I got a call from uh, a very young woman. Uh, at least she sounded like a very young woman on the phone. Uh, and I won't identify the place. I don't want to embarrass her particularly. But it was one of the places where we refer some of our clients to get uh, further treatment or further evaluation. And uh, she must be kind of uh, the marketing coordinator of this. Like, And that position is often held by... Uh, young women, and uh, uh, whether she was actually attractive or not, I don't know, but her voice was attractive, and uh, at the end of the conversation, she said to me, the number that I called you on is my personal cell phone, and uh, if you ever need anything from us, uh, just feel free to use my personal cell phone, and uh, when I I didn't say anything to her about it, uh, and I'm not (laughs) going to, but I do think uh, it reflected to me that uh, she doesn't really have a, a a good understanding of what we do here. Right. Because if she did, uh, she would know that uh, that is a huge boundary uh, for any of us uh, to have the personal cell phones of any women, period, uh, much less attractive younger women. Mm-hmm. So uh, Debbie was sitting there when I was on this call, and uh, she was just marveling herself at, you know, how, how crazy can that be? So I, I uh, immediately uh, deleted the number. I I uh, know the clinic. I know the main number at the clinic. If if I need you to. You know how to reach them. I know right? how to reach them. I know how to reach her if I wanted to reach her, and I would reach her in a professional way, not uh, calling her at 9 o'clock at night. Uh, uh, oh, by the way, can you help us out? So uh, we had another example of it today that I laughed at a little bit uh, And I think this was totally, totally, totally innocent, uh, but it shows you sometimes what we're up against. Um, uh, Our administrator here, uh, Sherry Troutman, her husband is a pastor of uh, our church, Westwood Community Church, and uh, he was talking to one of the women about something that needed to happen, and she evidently said to him, "Uh, I'm sorry, Pastor, I can't talk right now. I'm about to step into the shower. So, <laughs> now, now uh, Dave is not a recovering sex addict. So, you know, he's not a person that's ever had problems with this. But, you know, a, a sex addict would have a field day with this. Not you of know, course. Trying to imagine what the, she looks
1: like. The mental imagery was, is, uh, yeah, dancing in their minds. Dancing in their minds. Mm-hmm.
0: So, and it, and evidently, this woman called back later and apologized because it, I think it finally came to her how in, inappropriate that was. But the trick of the week is... Uh, how oftentimes uh, there are dangerous situations out there that might even be inadvertent, uh, unintentional, uh, but ne- nevertheless are part of crossing boundaries. You know, in terms of uh, private conversations with women, uh, going out to lunch with women, whatever it is, uh, we we know that there is a uh, uh, an epidemic out there in our business communities. About uh, you know affairs because you know uh, people work closely together. In some cases they travel together. In some cases they go out to happy hour after work together. Um, that kind of thing. And you know a recovering sex addict has got to have clear boundaries. There's going to be things that they cannot do. Uh, if you're at all interested in a, uh, a book about this, uh, our great colleague uh, Dave Carter out in Los Angeles has written a book called Close Calls. And uh, he talks about all of these kind of situations we've been describing and has a lot of great things to say about how to have a healthy set of boundaries.
1: Well, and this isn't just rhetoric coming from you today, Mark, because uh, you have a long standing um, uh, rule of thumb in which you do not uh, allow uh, a, a single woman or married a woman by herself yeah. to meet with you for counseling. Right. Um, you counsel men exclusively or you counsel couples together with Debbie. Right. That's so right. you don't, you don't open up the door to the uh, yeah. unintended, uh, you know, interaction That's right. uh, with a, with a woman like that. And, and you've, I, I have observed for years how you are, you know, you are, Uh, true uh, to that standard and that just never happens that never gets scheduled that Mm -hmm. that doesn't happen you know not that we're a a center for people who can walk in off the street and and be counseled but uh Mm -hmm. when a woman uh needs counseling here at faithful and true they are directed to either debbie laser or Susie schmidt uh or elizabeth griffin we we have great counselors here for for the wives so Yeah. yeah and it's
0: not to say that at times uh you know, I know I was benefited by working with a female counselor uh, who was older than me and had totally appropriate uh, boundaries. I think, you know, it, uh, w- there are counselors that can do that because they don't put out the energy at all that they're available. And, right. Uh, so, and that's there's that's true of of a lot of male therapists. We have a therapist here, uh, Jim Farm, uh, not a recovering sex addict. Uh, never, in my experience, puts out any kind of inappropriate sexual energy. And I'm perfectly fine if he wanted to have one-on-one sessions with some of the wives because for some of the wives, it's important to know that there are healthy men out there. Right. So uh, so we're not, we're not condemning this universally. We're saying all of this has to be on a case-by-case basis uh, while at the same time there are some general principles that we all should, uh, should follow.
1: Well, let's bring the listeners back to today's show, that in which we were talking about step number five of the twelve steps.
0: Yeah, and that's to make uh, the moral inventory, step four, and then to confess it to ourselves, accept it, uh, confess it to others. And we talked some about that before the break. And now let's just turn for a couple of minutes to uh, uh, spiritual authority. Uh, and uh, I just got off the phone uh, with one of my. Priest clients uh, uh, down in uh, Georgia. And, uh, um, you know, he's not one of the priest clients that's uh, abused anybody. So, you know, but he has had struggles with pornography and so forth. So I've been working with him a little bit. But um, in the Catholic Church, um, uh, spiritual authority uh, is, in fact, uh, part of the office of of, uh, being a priest. So, when you go to confession, which is a more formal activity in the Catholic Church than it is in the Protestant churches, uh, you do hear at the end uh, from the priest, and you're a former Catholic. Mm-hmm. So you, I absolve you of your sins. Yeah, right? so, yeah that's what they say. Mm-hmm. And uh, your religious uh, faith tells you at that point the priest actually has the authority uh, to convey to you uh what God has done through his son Jesus Christ. So and I believe uh it's not a bad practice, you know, not a, it's actually a very good practice. Um I I'm I've often as a Protestant been envious of the practice um uh, because we in the Protestant church uh if we do anything with confession formally, uh we'll generally say something general during the service. Like there'll be a collective prayer, you know. Uh, or think silently about your sins, and then the pastor will say, God forgives you of those sins. But we haven't told anybody. We just talked to ourselves at that point. So uh, I think for those of you that are Catholic, uh, avail yourself of that. I even have um, clients over the years that uh, have in fact started going to a Protestant church because they uh, appreciate the music, they appreciate the teaching, uh, and yet they're still at some part of themselves uh, raised in the Catholic tradition. And uh, I think it's important for some of them, and I've I've seen it happen any number of times, where I've told them to go back to a priest and uh, for their fifth step, confess their stuff to uh, a priest. And it's amazing to me uh, how they've all come back and said how uh, spiritually
1: meaningful that was yeah, to them. Yeah, that, that was kind of a liberating yeah. experience for them.
0: Yeah, exactly. So for those of us in the Protestant church who don't have any experience with that, uh, I still think it's important for us to uh, find out in ourselves who we consider a spiritual authority. Now, you'd have to think that the leading candidate for that would be our pastor, uh, or one of them. And so I do know that uh, a lot of the men here who are Protestant, I encourage them to make an appointment with their pastor to go in and tell them their whole story. And that's kind of daunting. Uh, remember that core belief, if you knew me, you'd hate me and kick me out of the church. Uh, but they can also find it very meaningful if the pastor you know, does not say any of those kinds of things. Uh, so I think that can be important. Uh, there's times that I've listened to Fifth Steps because some of the men uh, consider me at my age and the fact that I'm an ordained pastor uh, to be a spiritual authority. Uh, there are... Pastors out there who do, in fact, have regular experience listening to the fifth steps of uh, recovering alcoholics. Uh, And uh, I think sex addicts can avail themselves of that too. Uh, It could be that the person you think of as a spiritual authority is not an ordained person at all, just kind of a spiritual mentor, a spiritual guide, someone in one of your support groups who you consider to be older and wiser. And I think that person could be an acceptable candidate to, uh, uh, to listen to a fifth step. Uh, so in other words, I think doing a complete fifth step for the majority of our guys who are married is confessing it to themselves, confessing it to their group, confessing it to their wife, and confessing it to a person they consider to be a spiritual authority. It's not a one-time event with one person. It's a collective exercise in getting honest with a whole lot of people.
1: Yeah, it's a process. It's a process. Yeah,
0: and by the way, you know, uh, we uh, we'll get to step uh, uh, ten uh, where it talks about continue to take moral inventory, and when we were when we are wrong, promptly admit it. So it's like we we do recognize we're imperfect. We're going to continue, you know, some level of moral failure at some level, uh, and. Uh, uh, The steps will encourage us uh, when that happens just to put an installment on what may have been our original and most basic of confessions.
1: Well, that's what's so powerful about the 12 steps, I think, Mark, is the fact that it's a progression, and as you go through it, it makes it clear that we're all imperfect beings. Right. We're all sinners. Right. And then when once you come to realize uh, if that's been a barrier for a person personally, uh, it's important that they realize that we're not perfect and that we're all sinners and then to fully understand that God is willing to forgive us all.
0: Exactly. Paul talks about this specifically. We're all sinners, we all fall short, and uh, there is nothing that can separate us. So I think that's the way I'd like to conclude today.
1: I was just going to say, okay. those, those are great marching orders for our listeners at right. the end of today's message.
0: Yeah, that's right. God is to be feared, but not in the way we think. Uh, he is uh, more than willing to forgive us. Uh, multiple times over, so uh, do it. D- make your appointments, <laughs> is what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> God and Nike, just do it. Just do it. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> you've been listening to Dr. Mark Laser. I'm Randy Everett, your co-host, and we thank you so much and appreciate you for listening to our show today. We hope that this coming week for you will be a week that's full- filled with many blessings and great vision.